Welcome to the McClay School Few Minutes for Families podcast. This is James Milford, head of school at McClay School. We know our families are busy, but never too busy to learn more about their child's opportunities and ways to partner together to better prepare them for the challenges and opportunities of tomorrow. Our promise to you is expert advice, relevant information for your McClay experience, and the best educational journey possible with outstanding educators who do amazing work every day. As we come back from a long time away and are approaching normalcy after a long period of disruption, we wanted to share a Campus Insider and a high-level view of what we've been working on and what the near future will hold for McClay. The following is a recording of a recent webinar series that our Assistant Head of School, Charles Beamer, and I do every couple of months. This is longer than our normal podcast length at just under an hour, but there's no better way to get a feel of the overarching conversations at the school than this program. I hope you enjoy it. Um, I'm Michael O'Brick. I'm the Director of Admission here at McClay School. We welcome you to the Campus Insider. Um, I want to uh, show everybody at the bottom there is a chat box if you'd like to type in a question at any time. Uh, we'll check those periodically, but also, since we're such a small group, we'll be able to, to just chat and, and answer any questions people have. Um, this is a very um, in-depth uh, history of our school and uh, things, things that are going on right now at our school. And I'd like to introduce James Milford, our head of school, and Charles Beamer, our assistant head of school and upper school director. They are going to take you through an hour on the nose uh, presentation about McClay School. So, gentlemen, if you would, I'd like to uh, have you get started. All right, Charles, we're starting with a three minute, uh, three minutes in. So uh, we'll make it. Happen. Uh, we got this. We got this. We got it. We got it. All right. So um, Charles and I like to do this high energy. It's a lot of information. It's like drinking out of a fire hydrant. Uh, but uh, thank you for those who've joined on this call and also those who are viewing the recording. This is a relatively high level piece. Um, we know that we have lower school, middle school and upper school viewing this. Uh, so we'll try to keep it at a high level, but go deep in a few areas because what we want to do is give an idea of who we are, what we believe and what are the currents that sort of flow uh, under the school, through the school. And what have we been working on the last few years? What are we doing now? And, and what does it look like in the future? So Charles and I will just volley back and forth uh, through these. And uh, so we'll just, we'll just get going. So yes, first, sir. let's see, I'm gonna check my, there we go. So who we are. So we take our jobs very seriously, but we also like to have a little fun along the way. So James Milford, uh, head of school, I've been here for eight years, uh, spent most of my life in North Georgia area, Atlanta area, uh, absolutely love it here in Tallahassee. I have a wife, uh, she coaches here at the school, I have three sons, two have passed through McClay, I have a junior or current junior uh, here at the school. My background, I worked at a day boarding school before this. Went to college, um, uh, knew that I wanted to impact lives, uh, was a Christian ministry major early on, was going to go to seminary, uh, found out that wasn't exactly the path I needed to take, so ended up at Darlington School, which was a day boarding school, loved that there for about 17 years, and then eight years here at McClay, and one of the things I love 
uh, and drew me to McClay was the opportunity to partner with families and really impact lives all the way from a three-year-old all the way through to graduation. And some of the most valuable relationships I have are those uh, students who I've seen grow up and are in adulthood now. And uh, it's just great seeing that arc of their life and, and the growth. So Charles, I'll kick it over to you. All right, good morning, everyone. I'm Charles Beamer, the assistant head of school, as well as the upper school director. Uh, this is going on my 21st year here at McClay. Uh, prior to being here at McClay, I taught in Leon County Public Schools, as well as uh, one of the lab schools here uh, in Tallahassee, uh, and also have done some teaching uh, at the collegiate level uh, as well. Uh, in the areas of public administration and political science. Um, I'm originally from Apopka, Florida, which is northwest of Orlando, uh, and uh, came to McClay and, like James, really uh, in, enjoyed being able to touch um, students' uh, lives from uh, their earliest years up to the point to where, um, where they graduate, and really being able to continue those relationships beyond um, graduation. Uh, we have several uh, of our former students who are back teaching, and it's just been so great to be able to kind of see them um, grow up. And even in some cases, their children uh, are now coming through uh, McClay and being able to see uh, their children. Um, and so um, like, like James, I uh, uh, went into uh, kind of Christian education a little bit. I do have a doctorate of theology uh, as well as uh, having degrees in uh, education. Uh, as well as in history. So um, that's a little bit about me and we'll kick it back to you, James. All right, thank you. All right, McClay by the numbers. We'll just take it this way. So about 1,040 students. Uh, we have pre-K, so that's three or pre-K three. So we start at three-year-olds, go all the way up to 18, 19 year olds in the upper school. Uh, generally in the pre-K, uh, those classes cap out at 12 to usually three to four sections. This year we actually have a fifth section of pre-K four. In the lower school, usually about three sections there. We and uh, but we have actually four sec sections in fourth and fifth, and then middle school uh, we consider sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, and then the upper schools ninth through twelfth grade. Graduating class normally floats somewhere between uh, eighty-five and one hundred and fifty, something like that. And uh, actually, over the last few years, we've seen. Uh, from uh, we've seen some good growth uh, in the upper school, I, I think, and you'll hear about some of those programs that I believe draw uh, a lot of students and families here. So um, we're, we're trending toward a slightly larger class. 140 full-time faculty and staff, um, probably 25 or so uh, part-time support uh, personnel here. You see the master's degrees uh, and, and the, those pieces. Uh, Pre-K teachers, bachelor's degrees, higher. It's really important for us to, using the word professionalize is it is the right term, but we're very serious about having quality educators in front of the kids. Uh, so uh, we invest heavily in professional development and we wanna make sure that those teachers um, are ready, are well-trained, are present uh, for those students. Campus security team, this has actually been a focus over the last few years for us. Um, if we go a little pre-COVID, uh, big conversations around schools were school safety. Uh, and when we think about safety and security, it's, it's physical safety, but also emotional safety. And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit as well. But the way our campus security works 
is we contract with it. We have a full-time uh, armed security officer here uh, and also contract with a firm. So at any given time, uh, we can have one to four uh, armed security officers here on campus. When there's more people here, we have more uh, security. And then let's just say over the weekends, we, we, uh, we, we would only have one. And then 600 plus meals on campus, a uh, lot of mouths to feed uh, along the way. So uh, we do have a full service uh, dining uh, service here. All right, uh, just a note about COVID. Uh, hopefully uh, we're on the, I mean, COVID is gonna have a long tail. All right. It's not it's not going away, but hopefully we're on the on the other side of the hump for that one. But one of the things that it it certainly taught us was a focus on the idea of how emotional wellness and academic performance are connected. So early on, um, so it's hard to believe almost two years ago now uh, when we started hearing about uh, COVID, we committed to the idea of an uninterrupted education. So what we do know is that part of what makes, uh, what defines success for us is the connection between a charismatic adult and a student and, and the partnerships with the family. So we wanted that uninterrupted education to be important for us. So one of the things, like many other schools, we transitioned to distance learning uh, and we've cycled through hybrids along the way. Um, very typical of McClay, uh, we implemented a care team. So this is just a comment about sort of the DNA of who McClay is. So when, when we all went home last spring or two springs ago, we took everyone who could and, and we started calling our families just to make sure they were okay. Uh, I believe in that time uh, we had deliveries of curriculum. I think we also facilitated a cat adoption and I think somebody, uh, I mean, all the way down to toilet paper delivery. If you remember, that was, a, that was panic then, right? Uh, toilet paper gate or something like that. Um, but we certainly understand that as an institution, and you know, when, when you come on campus, we have beautiful buildings, uh, you know, I call it the hundred acre woods. It, it's a great place to be, but ultimately the, the talent and uh, the presence of the faculty, that's the most important part of the school. Um, so uh, as we thought about, um, the way that we talked about it was we were gonna battle isolation and promote connections. So we did that with the faculty, we did that with students, we did that with the family. And we found that that really carried us through. And it's also been a great base for us as we move forward to, to take care of each other and really focus on that wellness. Now, because what we see is, and it's not just for students, but coming out of the last two years, we see anxiety, depression, and just pressure um, taking, it's all ramped up just a little bit. So let's talk about the mission uh, really quick because it is the anchor point that guides all the work that we do. So we are a mission focused institution. And so for us, McClay School is an independent non-sectarian college preparatory school dedicated to providing a liberal arts education and enabling each student to develop their inherent ability to the fullest extent with a balance of discipline and freedom. So you'll hear hints of this as Charles and I work through this. And it, uh, if you're a current family, you should be bumping into these things uh, and hearing these uh, things a lot and even through the admission process as well. But there's a few really important pieces to this. So one is the word each. And I would say that's probably the most important word in the mission statement. Independent, that's really important because from a 
from a school standpoint, we're not tied to any third party. So independent school, we make our own decisions. So we're able to be more nimble than other schools and more responsive to our students' needs. Non-sectarian, you know, we want to focus and we want to keep uh, any sort of political energy. Uh, we want to acknowledge that because we're getting our students ready for that world. Uh, but we want to keep uh, that energy outside of the gate and only let it in when it's appropriate to the education setting. But anyway, back to each. So each is uh, the most important word because even with 1,040 uh, some odd students, we wanna make sure that each individual is known, that they're loved, that they are on their path, that they're noticed, that they're not slipping through the cracks and that they're on their journey and we're honoring that. So each is really important. So that's one of the big three. The second is the idea of a liberal arts. So not a trade school, certainly a college preparatory school, but uh, so we believe in a holistic education and getting students ready for their best fit next step. So whatever that college looks like, we talk about the fictional family of four. Um, that would be, and we actually have uh, families with four kids here, uh, but with my three boys, they're all very different, very different learners. So at a place like McClay, what we want is, let's just think about the, the outcomes of colleges. If a student's going to Tallahassee Community College, they're probably taking a different course load and maybe a different trajectory than a student who's going to Harvard or something like that. What we want to do is make sure that both of those have a path that is valued equally at the school. That's really important to us. So as we think about a family, this fictional family of four, each one of those four students are different learners. Each one of them are going to college and college prep and that's their path, but we wanna honor them and value them and have them feel that equally. The next one is balance. And this has become, uh, very important. And I'll let Charles kind of go into this um, at, at his next uh, his next time. But we want to make sure that our students are are balanced and ready for what um, for their next steps. And even I'll, I'll just comment as a parent over the last decade, uh, social media and just the pressures and expectations on kids. It, they've really ramped up. So we want to make sure that we're being mindful um, and, and in a balanced way, we, you know, we want to push them out of their box, but we don't want to push them too much and we want to get them ready. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. And then the last piece, and this is more of a curricular driver for us, is this idea of developing their inherent ability. So uh, again, we'll talk a little bit more about this, but this is really important to us to live up to our mission so that we're not a cookie cutter school where we expect all thousand of these kids, or let's just say all 90 or so or hundred kids who graduate to be exactly the same. We don't expect that. Everyone on this phone call or on this Zoom call is different. Our interests are different. Our abilities are different and our passions are different. So how can we as an institution um, honor those and pull those out and, and push those forward. So that's really exciting from a mission standpoint, that's what guides us. And then uh, Charles, I'm gonna kick this one over to you and let you uh, do this. Yeah, so, you know, piggybacking off of what James just said, you know, because our students are different and we don't expect for our students to be the same. One of the things that we do our best at trying to develop within our student our students is a sense of, of character. Uh, at the very basic 
uh, component of that, we're looking for empathy and we're looking for understanding. And so we have developed curriculum from our lower school all the way up through our upper school that will help to develop these soft skills, um, honesty, trustworthiness, um, you know, looking again at empathy, understanding that students need uh, in order to be holistic and to be well-rounded and to go out into the real world uh, and be able to cope um, with things as they become adults. We have a wonderful guidance team uh, that oversees this, uh, this curriculum. Um, in our lower school, we have Mr. Van Sickle. Our middle school, we have uh, Mrs. McIntyre. And in our upper school, we have Mrs. Eubanks um, that works with our students um, from a social emotional standpoint. Um, in lower school and uh, middle school, so that's grades pre-K through eighth grade, we use a curriculum that's called the Responsive Classroom. Um, and this curriculum is, is basically uh, getting students to be responsive, to be empath uh, empathetic towards others, um, to know and to learn that the world is not just about them, that their behavior affects other people, that other people's behavior affects them. Um, really, um, during this time, uh, it's really engaging with our students to see you know, how, how is their day? Uh, if our students' day are not going well, so it's really getting them comfortable with speaking about their feelings. Um, that's one of the things that we found uh, going into uh, COVID is that, that students were not really comfortable talking about how they felt. Uh, well, with this particular uh, curriculum that we have in our lower school responsive classrooms, again, it's teaching them how to be comfortable with talking about who they are, talking about their feelings uh, and to being uh, expressive. In our high school, we use a curriculum that's called Habitudes. And again, these are uh, soft skills that we are trying to um, give to our, our high schoolers that's based on imagery. Uh, a lot of times you learn more about what you see than what you hear. And so it's really getting our students to be able to, once they are in high school, once they get this foundation uh, of empathy, of understanding, of honesty, is really looking at the world around them um, differently uh, and looking at the world and being able to know how to react uh, based, based upon what they, uh, what they see uh, and what they hear. So our guidance team with the curriculum uh, of the responsive classroom and our pre-K through eighth grade, our habitudes and our ninth through 12th grade uh, are here to assist our students um, socially uh, and also uh, to just make sure emotionally that they are fit uh, to make the lifts that they need to make uh, as they go throughout our curricula, and again, as they go uh, into uh, the next phase of their life. Uh, we're going to switch to the academic side, but I'll let you keep going, Charles. So, so doing this, one of the things that we've done is we've come up with, um, from the academic side, uh, our curriculum framework is known as the I Think Initiative. Um, the I, again, as Mr. Milford has mentioned in our, uh, in our mission, each uh, is very important. So the I stands for individuals. Uh, our teachers are always thinking from that term that there are individuals in our classroom. The classroom is not, uh, is not stagnant, if you will. Um, the T stands for technology. We try to, uh, to embed within our curriculum the various different tools that students will need um, to be able to function. And those tools could be something as simple as a pencil, or they can be as something as dramatic as a, a laptop or an iPad. Um, the uh, H stands for hands-on. All of our curriculum um, components have a hands-on 
um, component to it, where our students are actually engaged in the learning. They're just not just sitting there absorbing it from a teacher that's a sage on the stage, but they're actually getting an opportunity to practice and actually getting an opportunity in some cases to see that what they did was wrong and well, how can we fix it? Um, so the only way that they're gonna be able to do that is again, to be engaged uh, and to hold the curriculum um, in their hands. The I stands innovative, innovation, excuse me. Um, we, we tell our teachers to be innovative. We, as Mr. Milford said, it's a hundred acres uh, and we're telling them to use the whole entire uh, hundred acres and go beyond the hundred acres, go outside the gate and use the Tallahassee community. Um, to be able to have our students to understand a concept or to grasp uh, a particular um, piece of the curriculum that they're trying to get them um, to work with. The N stands for networking. Um, we know that the world and everyone in the world is, is not an island. You have to have other people. You have to be able to work with other, other people. You have to be able to hear other people's ideas and uh, infuse them with your ideas to be able to make magic. Um, so we do a lot of networking, uh, whether that is within divisions or whether that's division upon divisions. For example, our upper school students will network with our lower school students. Our middle school students are networking with our high school students. Um, students are networking with one another uh, as they go uh, and do group work, group assignments. And then ultimately, um, the K stands for knowledge. Um, there are some goals. There are some, there are some knowledge-based things that we would have um, our students to be able to learn. Uh, a lot of what our students are learning are informed um, to us from what colleges are doing and also just from where the market is going, where the world is going, um, to be able to help us to transform uh, what we consider to be uh, a college preparatory education um, here at the school. So when we look at our curriculum, our curriculum number one, Looking at the individual, it is very student focused. Uh, and we work uh, once a, a month on aligning uh, our curriculum. Um, so that's basically taking a backwards look um, from 12th grade all the way down to what are those skills, what are those concepts, what are those lifts, those levers that students need to be able to have and pull and push um, in middle school, in lower school. Um, to be able to tackle real world problems. Um, so we're constantly aligning our curriculum, whether it be aligning our math, aligning our science, uh, even aligning English. Um, we work very hard at doing that in a way that is balanced. So we're looking at what is developmentally appropriate. You will find that middle school is different from lower school, that's different from high school, um, but they're all working on the same concepts. They're all working on uh, using, in some cases, the same tools, but they're doing it within a developmentally appropriate manner. Um, this balance looks different, um, like I said, from division to divisions when it looks at the daily schedule. For example, in our high school, um, students only have four classes a day. Um, those classes are 80 minutes uh, at length. Whereas when you go down to uh, the lower school, the lower school um, has about a, a cycle of what we call an eight-day rotation. Um, where they are rotating through um, certain courses um, and, and, and uh, electives um, to be able to pick up and grasp um, knowledge. Everything that we do is centered around passions and interests. So you will find that we have within our entire school, we have clubs uh, that are of student interest. We allow our students, even down in lower school, our students are able to engage in our after-school uh, activities, our level up um, opportunities that we have to be able to engage in um, particular courses 
um, that are within their passion, whether it be um, from an academic setting or whether it be from an athletic um, setting. We create those avenues um, for our students that are gonna give them the access that they need. Um, in our middle school and in our uh, upper school, we have concentrations uh, where students are able to, if they know that they want to do something in the medical field, uh, we have a biomedical concentration. We have about eight different concentrations in our upper school um, that students beginning in the 10th grade year um, can begin to devote and, and take strategic courses that will help them uh, to come to, to gain a greater knowledge within those concentrations. In our uh, middle school, um, it's centered around science and humanities. Uh, and then we also have, again, after school activities within, uh, within our lower school where students are able to, again, concentrate, they're able to discover, um, uh, again, their passion, their interest, and also do it by a concept that we're turning a direct individual study. If there's a particular interest that they have, uh, because of the, the knowledge of our faculty, um, students can actually take a course from an individual faculty member um, that will help them again to go deep into, uh, into learning. We even have students that are doing that in our lower school um, that are working with um, some of our teachers in the areas of language and also in the areas of engineering. Uh, where they're doing similar things, simple things like Lego building and different things of that such. But again, it's building um, towards that particular interest. Um, and we also have partnerships uh, with outside uh, entities. Uh, beginning in our upper school, students are able to uh, take internships. Uh, we have a student right now that's doing an internship with FSU's film school. Uh, and they were here on campus this weekend with FSU shooting. Um, films and, and learning the behind the scene um, things that go on with creating films. Um, so we have uh, several partnerships. If you would like to partner with us, give me a call and I'll be glad to see where you could fit uh, into, uh, into our, our school as well. All of our classrooms, and this is something um, once you come on campus and you're able to do a tour, you will see that um, our classrooms are active spaces. There is active learning that goes on um, in our in our classrooms, um, even down to the furniture um, that we use. Um, the furniture is movable um, so that whatever the activity is, whatever the skill is, that the students are able to um, to the need to learn that they're able to quickly and easily get involved uh, in those activities. Uh, we have several technology tools. Um, we have an animage table, for example, in our biomedical concentration that actually shows you real life kind of cadavers, uh, 3D images, and students are able to go in and work um, uh, with those and learn as they're talking about the brain or they're talking about uh, uh, the liver. Um, we also um, have a uh, classrooms that are, again, flexible. Our schedule um, is very flexible. Uh, and you'll see a lot of what I call organized chaos um, because of the activeness of our, of our curriculum um, and students being engaged in, in their learning and in the learning process. James, you wanna talk about the campus now? Yeah, I'll jump on the campus. So, uh, so with the I Think Initiative, you've got the curriculum, you've got the classrooms, you've got the campus. So those are, and that's really, if we look back over the last five years, we're just coming out of that, uh, of a hard push uh, for the I Think Initiative. So as we think about campus expansion and facilities, that costs money. 
so certainly we've been raising money for that. So as we look back over the last five years, as we add facilities, endowment gifts, uh, we still have about a million dollars to go, but we'll be closing down a, around a 14, 15 million dollar campaign uh, that's really focused on everything that you've just heard Charles talking about and then providing facilities for that. So in the lower, just a few of the facilities, uh, new facilities we have here in the lower right hand corner of your screen, that's a Beck Family Research Center. So that's home to three of our concentrations. So originally, as uh, when it was built, it was computer science, robotics and engineering concentration. We've got art inspiration and design, and that's uh, where the biomedical um, concentration and those classes currently reside. Also, the Beck Family Innovation Center. Uh, it's a new 21,000 square feet, uh, and that's where uh, a building, that's where all the upper school science classes are in computer robotics and engineering. It's also, uh, you see the, the saltwater tank, that's my hobby as headmaster, so I try to keep those uh, fish alive, but that's also a space where our pre-K can come up and the lower school can have their spelling bees or Tropicana speeches, the middle school can have events or guest speakers come in. So it's really sort of shifted the epicenter of campus as we think about how we educate and, and how we focus on one school. So excited about that. So as we think about the last five years, I Think Initiative and the I Think Initiative continues on. So we've been sort of building those muscles and establishing that foundation. And now we just move forward. So uh, we're closing down one strategic plan. And actually we are, uh, so this is a little bit of a sneak peek because this isn't even public yet, uh, but we've been talking about it here for the last few months. So we went through the, uh, the strategic planning process last year. And so this was, there were about 60 uh, community members came together with the board of trustees and uh, just ask deep questions. So where we are as, a, as an institution, um, what, are the, um, what are the assets we have in place? What are the understandings we have in place? What are the things that we can do really well? Uh, and what is the core that we want to preserve? And then as we look outward and think about what are the opportunities, what are the threats, what are these students? I mean, th here's, the, here's the wild thing that McClay gets to think about our pre-K students are going to graduate in the late 2030s. So we get to think about, okay, what will the skill sets, mindsets uh, need to be at that point? And how can we reverse engineer that back down to a third or fourth grade curriculum? So that's one of the very unique things that a place like McClay uh, gets to think about, gets to do, and, and gets to build plans and initiatives to make that happen. So, uh, so our, our new strategic plan, which will be released publicly in January, uh, has 11 goals. And we just want to share a few of the themes uh, with you here. So one is this idea of strengthening the core and looking outward for growth. So several of the goals really talk about partnerships, talk about really stabilizing and understanding what great education is from a financial model. How do we as an institution become durable? Um, uh, I mean, we all businesses, all schools just went through a global pandemic and some did it really well and some did it really poorly. And uh, so how can we learn from the things that we weren't prepared for to get ready for the next challenge that comes through? Uh, deepen our commitment to service learning. So this is one of the things uh, we, we have a very active uh, service learning mindset. 
uh, here on campus, but uh, I call them pockets of excellence. So this team does this, this club does this, this, um, this class does this. So those happen throughout the school, but one of the things that uh, the collective wanted to do was uh, really think about how can we leverage the full focus of our, of our school and our community toward a goal. So uh, I'll just pick food insecurity. Um, you know, how can we leverage all of our classes, all of our community to actually make a dent in the Big Bend in, in terms of that? And that, uh, so that's one option for us. So we wanna continue um, and I'll, I'll tie back to the hands-on piece. We don't want uh, it to just be something where the kids uh, bring something or have mom and dad bring something and then we've checked the box. We want the students to feel, uh, to be hands-on in it, to see the impact and to, to develop a sense of responsibility uh, so that those who do have, uh, have a responsibility to help those who don't or those who are in crisis. So, uh, so we're beginning to, to talk through and figure out how that works. So that'll, that will be a part of this next uh, five-year strategic plan. Uh, expand the impact of the Center for Academic Excellence. And I don't think we've talked about this yet, but one of the things that we've been developing over the last few years is, um, is the understanding that um, any educational institution has to work on its craft. And I would say that the last 10 or 15 years, the, uh, there's been an acceleration at an exponential rate on the understanding of how learning happens and how to reach uh, learners and those possibilities, those uh, the, the toolkits, the, the mindsets, how we think about education. So we know that if we're going to live our mission and, and really reach each one of those students, we have to work on the craft of education, have to understand what great teaching is and have to understand what great learning is and how all that fits together. And it doesn't happen by chance. So the Center for Academic Excellence was created about five or six years ago, and it's just continued to develop itself, but it's the core and the hub for the school and where we envision that uh, to go is to become a hub of, of the best practices for teaching and learning for the Big Bend area uh, so that we can help our students who need it uh, and also help our teachers and also other teachers and just the rising tide lifts all boats sort of thing. So we a lot of focus on the Center for Academic Excellence. The portrait of a McClay graduate in the post-pandemic world. So this is one of the uh, other pieces and it's a big question. So I, I had mentioned the, the thought of our three-year-olds graduating 15, 16 years from now. So how do we think about building what that outcome needs to be and then uh, and, and sort of look into the future? Where is it gonna need to be in 15 years and how do we construct this, um, this flexible but ambitious model uh, that all students could uh, aspire to and we can help prepare them for it. So that's, that's it's a great uh, conversation internally. Leverage hybrid and virtual learning. So one of the things that COVID did teach us was that, uh, well, one of the things in education, you know, if we were having this three years ago, one of the consternations of all educators was how do we use technology? Because you have teachers who really like it 
um, digital natives, if you will. And you also have teachers who are not comfortable with it or don't value it. Well, in education, one of the things COVID did was everyone got really comfortable with using technology and that access into the classroom. So as we understand that, we know where it works well and where it doesn't work well. So how can we keep what works really well and leverage that moving forward? So that's an active conversation for us. And, and Charles had mentioned um, it, it's, uh, it's almost a transition of, yes, there's a lot of knowledge and understanding and education that happens here on our 100 acres. But with uh, the technology, with a Zoom call like this, uh, the classroom can be across the world. And how can we leverage that and uh, build these global mindsets into our kids and have them understand that uh, a book has a lot of information for you, but uh, there's so much more out there that you have access to. Aggressively expand community partnerships. You heard Charles talk about this and figuring out how can we make an impact in our community? Uh, how can our students uh, grow their sense of responsibility and civil engagement or civic engagement um, for that? And also how can we uh, have a inverse relationship there to add understanding uh, back to us? Making belonging a focus uh, for each member of our community. So as we engage in the diversity, equity, and inclusion conversation, we want to figure out how to do that well. How do we do that right? Um, and how do we do it in the best way for McClay? So this is an active conversation for us. We feel very responsible that we want our students to understand the world they're walking into, the world that they live in, and we want our students to be well equipped with those understandings, but also in the journey feel like this is their home and that they can be themselves here and that they feel like they belong, whether that be our students or our faculty. Um, this needs to be a family and, and, and a place where we can do that and have honest conversations. Um, I will say that once you turn on the, the television, sometimes uh, those conversations become very difficult. And a lot of times uh, conversations are difficult here, but we want everyone to feel that they belong here. So that's very important for us. So that's a focus of the strategic plan as well. All right, so digging a little deeper by division. Charles, we're going to kick it back to you. So, you know, as James was, was talking you know, about belonging, that is one of the things that we try to do each and every day uh, in each of, of our divisions uh, is, we, is we strive to, to make sure that we're not doing things that are kind of one and done on their own, but they're integrated. Uh, into, into what we do. So in our lower school specifically, um, there are um, about um, seven or eight different um, special areas that, are, that our students can participate in that complements what they're learning in the classroom. Um, for example, if they are reading uh, a book um, in, um, in their third grade class, uh, that information uh, is given to our drama teacher and then our drama teacher, you know, takes that book and really looks at, okay, what are the understandings? What are the, what are the, the models of empathy that's found in the book and how can we recreate that in our, our drama class? Um, if, they're, if they're talking about social studies and they're looking at a, a specific geographical area um, in their fifth grade um, history course, um, that's where our music teacher will then, you know, try to incorporate music from that geographical area so that, that students, again, they're seeing how the world connects because that's what we want uh, in, our, in, our, in our lower schoolers is that we want to be able to create holistic, well-rounded 
um, students. Uh, we, we want to be able to also create opportunities where our students are able to present their passion and feel that they have a sense of belonging. This is why we do our best to not have uh, what we call camouflage kids. Uh, one of the things that I love about the lower school is every morning, and this is part of the responsive classroom curriculum, every morning before any learning um, goes on, the teachers, they have kind of a classroom meeting. Um, there, are, there are students that are chosen to be the leader of that discussion today. Um, the teacher is asking, you know, how do you feel um, today? Well, tell me what scared you about today. How was your day yesterday? Well, what did you eat last night? You know, all of these various different questions um, are, are, are probing questions um, to be able to give that teacher uh, an idea of, are we ready to learn or do we need to take some time uh, and work on um, some social emotional um, concepts within, within our, our students? Um, again, no student can slip through through the, the crack. Um, no one is, is 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 sitting in the back of the classroom. This is, I have a son who is in fifth grade, uh, and he says, you know, today I was sitting, you know, in the front of the classroom, or you know, yesterday I was sitting over the side, or you know, my teacher asked me if I would sit next to a friend that just needed someone, you know, to kind of be their buddy for the day. I just, again, I just love that, and that's what we find um, in our in our lower school. Um, we also have, again, I spoke to this earlier, we have after-school enrichment programs um, that are really one school. And the thing that I love about the after-school programs is that um, the teachers that teach these programs are not all lower school teachers. Um, there are middle school teachers that are teaching some programs. There are some upper school teachers uh, and or students that are teaching uh, in, uh, in, in some of these uh, pro, uh, after school classes. And again, it's that connectiveness. It's that, it's that thrive thread to be able to create a one school um, purpose. In our middle school, um, as, as our kids become more developmentally uh, able to do lifts, we have what we call blue classes, and these are balance of learning, understanding, and exploring um, classes. These are basically elective classes that students can um, take from fine arts to forensic science um, to we have an, an aeronautical um, course that students can take. Again, this leads towards passions and interests um, of our students. What I love about the blue classes is that they change from year to year. It's all based on, again, student passion, student interest. They take a survey, they give that information to our middle school director. Uh, and then from there, our middle school director, Mrs. Rubio Gomez and her team does a very good job, again, at incorporating these classes uh, that are of interest of, of students. Um, one of the special things that we do in our, in our middle school for our eighth graders is that they actually have the opportunity to take um, courses that would uh, account for high school placement. Uh, and HOPE is one of those courses, it's life management, uh, and it's a physical education course wrapped up together. I love this course because again, in middle school, there's a lot of changes in, in, in body shapes, a lot of uh, hormone things are going on. And so this, this class focuses on identity. Uh, it focuses on being comfortable with who you are, but then also giving them, how do you, how do you eat correctly? How do you exercise? Um, so again, helping to bring about a balanced 
in living, uh, a balance in identity that just grows as they move from middle school uh, into, our, into our upper school. We have three offerings for world language. We have French, we have Latin, and we have Spanish. Uh, we also have an opportunity for students uh, as part of our after school to be able to uh, take advantage of uh, Mandarin Chinese. Uh, it's also an option for our students actually starting in lower school, but also continuing in middle school and then also in upper school um, as well. We have a dedicated athletic program for middle school. We have a middle school athletic director um, that uh, oversees our athletic programs um, for both boys and girls um, sports uh, opportunities for our, for our, our middle schoolers. Uh, again, uh, giving our students uh, the opportunity to engage not only academically, but also to help them to engage uh, in um, lifestyle um, choices, being healthy. Uh, and as we look into the high school, how this works since the high school is that in high school, we're uh, in the process of developing intramural sports um, as well for our students to be able to take, uh, take advantage of in what we call um, flex. James, you can go ahead and move to the next slide on um, turning high school. Um, so in high school, we, we have uh, on B days, at the end of the day, we have what we call a flex course. Uh, and this is where students are able to take classes that are not necessarily a part of, uh, of our academic um, curriculum, day curriculum. Um, this is where they take their individual, uh, directed individual studies programs, they can go and meet with their coach. Uh, they can go do an internship, uh, or they can participate in uh, in some of our intramural sports that we um, that we have here um, in in the upper school. Right now, uh, by way of intramural sports, we have kickball um, that we have, and we also have uh, a boys volleyball um, intramural team uh, that we have here uh, in the upper school. As Mr. Milford uh, mentioned earlier, in the upper school, we have about eight different concentrations. Uh, again, these are courses uh, that students can take that kind of streamline them to their senior year where they do an overall capstone uh, within that concentration. So we have a biomedical concentration, we have an entrepreneurship concentration, a course sciences um, concentration, we have an arts inspiration and design concentration, uh, we have a journalism and graphic design uh, concentration. Uh, we're working on creating a, a law and public policy um, concentration um, for our students that are interested in going into law or lobbying um, of, of, some, um, of some sort. Um, from a programming standpoint, uh, each year we kind of have a dedicated program um, of study that our students participate in. In the freshman year, um, the freshmen, they uh, participate in what we call the Freshman Academy. Uh, this is overseen by our academic dean, um, Angela Croston, and it is basically uh, an academy that is getting students ready for high school. Um, it's, uh, it's they, every first flex uh, B day of, of the week, um, they are engaged in conversations, whether it's centered around time management, centered around stress. How do you deal with stress? Just the other day, uh, I took the team out and we kind of walked 100 acres. Um, we, we did a stress walk uh, and just how walking helps. Um, in our 10th grade year, um, our students are involved in the sophomore academy. The sophomore academy, this is where uh, we call this an experiential academy. This is where um, our students are able to do apprenticeships 
um, with outside uh, entities, or we bring alums uh, who are um, who deal within or work within a certain interest or passion to come back and talk about their experience. What did they have to do um, to be able to get to the place to, to where they are in being successful uh, in their line of work? Uh, our junior year, uh, our students participate in what's called the junior interview series. Um, this is where every junior has to go through uh, an interview process. Colleges now uh, have interviews where students basically have to sell themselves. Uh, and we have parents to come back. Uh, we also have uh, employers from the outside to come back and actually sit with students uh, and, uh, and drill them on how to write resumes, how to, how to use the resume to showcase who you are, how to speak um, correctly, how to dress correctly when you go um, before our interviewers. Um, so if you would like to be one of our interviewers, please let me know. And uh, I'll be glad to set you up with our Dean of Student Life, Heather Boss. I just love these commercials, James, that I'm able to <laughs> I love it. Put in. Uh, please give me a call and I'll put you in, uh, in contact with our Dean of Student Life, Heather Boss, who is in charge of our junior interview series. Uh, and then the senior year, we have senior boot camp. Uh, and uh, I'm so excited about the senior boot camp um, this year. We are uh, expanding that. Uh, we have a full day where our students uh, in their senior year, they, they go around to five different kind of panels, um, the law and uh, you're 18. So, so now you're, you're legal. What, what, what's next uh, from there? There's also a, a healthy eating, uh, you know, kind of, of course, uh, you, you got to eat more than just ramen noodles. Uh, and, uh, you know, how do you wash? We're, we're adding an automotive uh, component. Um, you know, how do you change your tire? How do you check your oil um, to that? And then we've also partnered with uh, Lively and also with Kaiser University this year. And we'll be having students that will be visiting their campuses uh, and looking at some of the vocational um, type of uh, options that um, those schools offer, uh, again, for, for our students. And the whole goal is to get our students graduated. And we have a wonderful college counseling office. We have a team of two, they're dynamic, uh, that works with our students really beginning in the, the sophomore year uh, and junior year and trying to lead them down the road um, to a college that fits them. Um, and so they take a holistic um, kind of uh, intensive look into our students from, do you want to go to a school that's big? Do you want to go to a school that's small? Do you want to go to a school that has um, your major of, of interest or, or, or choice? Why? Uh, and really offering up opportunities and avenues of access for our students to be able to take college tours, um, for our students to be able to just go and visit um, with college reps. We have in about an, uh, a year spans, we have about uh, 150 to 200 different college reps that will come either physically on campus or, or they will join us virtually where students are able to sit down with admissions reps of colleges and be able to talk to them uh, about what, it's, what it takes to get into, uh, into their particular colleges. And then we have a wonderful athletic program um, as well here in the upper school. We actually have several students within the last uh, couple of years that have actually gone to play uh, at the next level. And so that starts again with our wonderful coaches and the relationships that our coaches have um, with, our, with our teachers uh, and just really creating again 
um, those those wonderful uh, wonderful partnerships. Um, so, Mr. Milford, I'll kick it back over to you. Yeah, I'm trying to get the. Okay, there we go. All right. So, uh, all right, Mr. Ulbrich, we're going to bring it in for a landing. We've got eight minutes left, so um, just a few slides left. So, uh, as as we think about sort of pulling all of that back together, uh, we always return to the mission. Uh, if there's any joke about Mr. Milford, he's, it's that he's a broken record and his vocabulary is really limited because all he talks about is the mission. So hopefully what you've been able to pick up through this is uh, the word each is really important. We want to make sure that, um, well, what we believe is that great education and great learning is going to happen when the student is comfortable when they feel like they belong, when they feel like they're connected to charismatic adults, to their friends here where they can be themselves and, and, um, and learn the way that they want to learn. We believe that's very important. Uh, and as you think about balance, we talk a lot about uh, acknowledging that we are an academically rigorous institution. You're not gonna get uh, an education uh, in, in the Southeast like this. Uh, but we also understand that your students are people. You can't just drive, drive, drive and not build the base and build the person along the way. So that, those are really important things uh, from, a, from a mission standpoint for us. And one of the things I always like to share is, so how do we measure success? Um, so I think what uh, we've tried to express to you is connections really important. Uh, even as adults, everyone on this on this call, in isolation, we are less than we can be. You know, we we are we try to teach the kids. You you are. I mean, my own children. I'm like, look, think about the people you're surrounding yourself with. That's what they're either going to draw you up, they're going to draw you down, they're going to spread you out, or they're going to really focus you. So the connections are really important, and and revolving that around the mission, around character development, around great education, around passions about who we are as individuals is important. And then recognition. You know, uh, uh, it's not on this slide, but I love the fact that Charles brought it up, this idea of camouflage kids. Uh, in institutions like ours, just education in general, it's really easy for a student who has A's or B's, plays a sport, plays an instrument, just to sort of mark time and move through. And what's really important for us to focus on is providing that recognition so that st students receive positive feedback about, you know, wow, you are very talented at this. Uh, you know, how can, we, how can we help expand that? Everyone loves to hear that. We as adults love to hear that. So how can we build recognition along the way so that uh, they do feel valued? Uh, for the things that they're interested in and the talents and who they are. And then this idea of a growing sense of mastery. What we um, in education know is that it's very easy for us to institutionalize the factory model of education and just sort of move, you know, let's just move kids through the conveyor belt. And if we're not purposeful about building the connection the recognition and that individual growing sense of mastery within the student, then we're just marking time and moving and moving kids through. And we feel that uh, at McClay, we have an opportunity and a responsibility with th these students, regardless of when they get here. They can come to us at when they're three years old or they come to us at ninth grade. We want to measure their success by focusing 
um, by focusing in these areas. And from an outcome standpoint, I mean, I always talk about, you know, once a marauder, always a marauder. So we have just over 3,000 alumni. We rely on those alumni to help sustain us, to help come back. You heard about the junior interview series. A lot of the alumni are interviewers uh, coming back to, to give back, whether it be career day, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, but when we think about the class of 2021, and, we've, and for, for you as a potential parent or current parent, thinking about that investment, um, we are proud of what our senior classes do. So in the class of 2021, over $11 million of merit scholarships. So if we just think about the Leon County, take every other high school in Leon County, take all of the merit scholarships that those kids, uh, that their students receive, add them up, and it's about $11 million. So our 81 seniors um, competed with, all, with everyone else. We're really impressed with that. And we think that's a great return on the investment that you make in, into McClay and, and from our focus. And then when Charles talked about having the right fit uh, for students, 98% accepted through the first and second choice, that's not by chance. Uh, each one of those students are constantly talking with the college rep or our college counselors to make sure that they're focused in the right area. And they can go somewhere that they can thrive based on what they're looking for. Service hours, um, uh, you know, obviously we're doing a lot of service here. Uh, so we, we certainly feel that responsibility to the community is important. Uh, and then as we move forward, um, we always wanna keep outcomes in mind. And, uh, and this is just a statistic of, of where, those, where those kids were accepted and looking. So Michael, I believe that is our last slide. We are uh, pulling it in with three minutes left. Um, I know Charles and I are happy to hang around and add, that's right, we did it uh, once again. Um, we're happy to hang around and uh, answer any questions on any of this, but thank you for joining in, taking the time. Yes, thank you. Um, you know, McClay is a, I always say it's, um, it's a big machine, uh, but I will say that it, it has been, uh, I mean, I share this with the faculty. I mean, it's my life's honor to work at a place that's mission-driven, that cares so much about kids. And everyone shows up here uh, really focused every day to do great work. So Michael, I'll turn it back over to you and happy to answer any questions along the way. Yeah, thank you everybody for joining us this morning. And uh, those of you that will see this in uh, uh, taped form, uh, please contact us, ask us, anything. Um... Thank you for joining today's Few Minutes for Families podcast. At McClay School, we strive to help our students be inspired, determined, and unstoppable. If you feel this information is helpful and may inspire others, please share it. Also, if you have topics or questions you would like covered on the Few Minutes with Families podcast, please email podcast at mcclay.org. Until next time, ever forward.